0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: This is Sovereignty. This is Lesson 4. We're going to talk about that thing called predestination uh, this weekend, and I'm really excited about it. I began to hear about it when I was a young Christian, and I was just this really zealous young Christian, and I began to hear all these scriptures that just began to confuse me like crazy. Like, you know, God loved Jacob and hated Esau. That blew my mind. We'll look at that later. It's like, whoa. And and you know, God chooses and draws people to Christ. And then and then God chooses some to become Christians and not others. This predestination thing. And it kind of took the zeal out of me to share Christ with people. And my family, it was really unique what happened with my family. And uh, yesterday, the Tribune, they did an article uh, about about my life. If you didn't catch it, you can catch it. And I shared a little bit about my testimony in there. Um, And you know, I was the first one that accepted Christ in my family. And then within six weeks, my mom and my four brothers My two sister-in-laws, they all accepted Christ, but my dad held out. He just he didn't want to hear anything about Jesus. And there was a lot of tension in our home. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe he's one of the ones that, you know, God predestines some to come to Christ and some he doesn't predestine, which means they go to that other place. And I'm like, maybe my dad's one of them, because he was just adamant against what we were doing, and so I began to cool off, but my brother Tony did not cool off, and we're having dinner. All of us are on the table, and we're eating, and Tony takes out his Bible, and he begins to show my dad scriptures. He's reading them. My dad's saying, I don't wanna hear it, Tony. Tony, be quiet, and he's reading scripture saying, Dad, you're not gonna go to heaven, and Dad this, and Dad that, and the way you're doing it's not right, Dad. And My mom's saying, Tony, be quiet. I'm saying, Tony, be quiet, because we're watching my dad's body language, and it's not good. And I'm thinking he he's gonna burst here in a moment. But Tony just he just looking at us saying no. Dad has to hear this. And I'm thinking you're ruining our dinner. And then, uh, and then my dad took his dish with food in it, and he threw it at Tony, right at dinner time. And you could tell he, he didn't try to hit him because it went above his head. And he kind of was you know. But he was mad, and Tony ducks, and he's on the floor, and my dad gets up and says, I don't wanna hear about Jesus, and he goes in this room, and it's like, it ruined the whole dinner, you know? And, and, and so, a couple months passed, several, several months, and my mom just kept working on my dad. I just shut up at that point. I thought, maybe he's one of the ones God didn't choose. I don't know, and, and so, uh, There was this movie they were showing. It was like one of those rapture movies at Champion High School. I forget the name. And my mom talked my dad into going to it, so we all went. And I'm so excited. Dad's going to this rapture movie. It was one of those movies where all the Christians are raptured, and everybody left. It's just really bad for them. We thought, maybe we'll scare them into the kingdom, right? So... so, uh, We're in there, a Christian band, and they were pretty good, and we all enjoyed it, and then the movie comes on, and we're five minutes into the movie, and Dad's sitting behind me. I thought, I got to go just see what Dad's doing, and I turn around, and he's sleeping so deep. He's snoring, and I thought, ah, he slept through that whole movie, and and so then months and months go by again, and finally, it's Easter, and I'm just thinking, oh, he's one of those people that just aren't going to make it, you know, and so... Months and months go by, and my mom talked him to go into Easter service. So we all went to Easter service together. And, and, and it was Christian Assembly uh, in, in Warren on Todd Avenue. And so dad comes with us. He's sitting here. I'm in the row behind. And half the church knew and we're praying for him to accept Jesus, you know. So, so when the altar call comes and everybody's supposed to bow their head, half the church is cheating and we're all looking at my dad. We're, every one of us looking at my dad. And finally, the preacher says, if you accepted Jesus, raise your hand. And my dad raised both hands like this. And we never clapped during that time, but everybody went crazy. We just, it erupted, you know. And my dad went down. Some of you guys were there in that service. You guys were there. And it was so exciting. And and, and I and then. Over the years, over 40-some years now I've been a Christian, I've watched people that people thought could never become Christians become Christians. And I just just want you to walk out of this service today understanding God's heart is for everybody. He's predestined everyone to become a Christian. And I wanna help you see it, but in doing so, I wanna also address some of the tough verses that are in the Bible. And then, no matter whether you agree with me or not, you know, it's not going to impact whether you go to heaven or not. I do believe for all the young people here and all of us, it's going to impact how we live our life and how much zeal we have. And when we look at somebody that's a mess and somebody that's doing all kinds of terrible things, we can have hope and say, you know what, that's not what God predestined for them. And we need, to, we need to pray for them. We need to grab a hold of those babies and pull them into the kingdom of God. So it just gives you confidence. Um, so here's my big idea for the lesson. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. I'm a little jacked up, so forgive me. Um, God has predestined all people to become his people. I want you to see this. It is so powerful. And here's what I learned about Bible interpretation. I know this isn't a Bible school, so uh, when I first started Believers for 10 years, I taught everybody like they were in Bible school, and I just learned to, to, to bring it to where it's for everybody to understand, but still make it deep and uh, simple, though. Simple is really important. And, and so when it comes to Bible interpretation, all you have to do, one of the main things is you've got to figure out what are, what are the foundational truths that never change in Christianity. And then every time you see a scripture in the Bible that you don't understand, that seems to contradict them. If, if that scripture doesn't fit on that foundational truth, here's what I do. And I've been doing it my whole Christian life. You put it on what I call the spiritual shelf. You say, God, There's probably a context reason that I don't understand this. There's something I don't know. I know it can't be true the way it sounds because it doesn't fit on this foundational truth. Somebody's going to put it here until I understand. And I've had tons of scriptures up there that I now understand. I still have a few up there I'm saying, God. It may be heaven when I understand this one, but, but I, I just trust you and I know the foundational scriptures. So I'm gonna read some simple scriptures, but powerful scriptures. These are foundational when it comes to what we call predestination, and they, they are awesome. The first one is the most, it's the most well-known scripture in the world because you see it at sporting events, right? And it's John 3:16. But can we read it with a different set of eyes? For God loved the world so much, he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Who is a candidate not to perish? Anyone, anyone. Uh, Who did God love? The world, right? So if predestination, the way some people believe it, were true that God picks some and says, I pick you to go to heaven, and nah, not you. And I picked you, not you. And if that were true, guys, this would have to read different, for God so loved the world, or the part of the world that he predestined, that he gave his son so that anyone he predestined could believe. But it's not saying that. It's, it's just wide open. Listen to 2 Peter 3.9. This is about Jesus coming back somewhere in the future. Don't know when it is? Have no clue. But the Bible says live your life like he's coming today. So just, if you do that, you'll be, you'll be fine. 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Referring to the whole world. Listen to this. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Isn't that cool? God doesn't want anyone to perish. That's the heart of God. That's foundational truth. Listen to 1 John 2.2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, Jesus, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world world. He died for everybody. Foundational truth. So when we see those tricky verses, we have to say, well, they don't fit on here the way they sound, so let me put them up here. And I hope to help you understand some of them today. Now last week, we talked about praying for our government. And you guys were, you were high-fiving me in the lobby saying, thank you, man. It changed my life. And uh, no, some people were quiet after that. But, but, but listen, listen. 1 Timothy 2.1. Here, here are my directions. Pray much for others. Plead for God's mercy upon them. Give thanks for all he is going to do for them. So read that last week. Won't won't explain it. Verse two, pray in this way also for kings and all others who are in authority over us or in high places of high responsibility. Why? Because your prayers. Impact the world so that we can live in peace and quietness, spending our time in godly living and thinking much about the Lord. So today we have presidents, we have uh, the Speaker of the House, we have the head of the Senate, we have the cabinet. Love them or hate them, wherever you're at, God says pray for them, right? But last week I predestined not to read any verses further till this week. So, so this week I'm going to read the next verses, and they're powerful. Listen to this, guys. Verse three. This is good and pleases God our Savior. What? That we pray. That we pray for governments. That we pray for people. Why? For he longs for all to be saved that's a strong word. God has a longing in him for every person on this planet to come to Christ. And when we see that, it changes our outlook and it gives us confidence to reach out to any and anyone because God's longing for all to be saved, not just a chosen predestinated group. And and to understand this truth that God is one and the same, or, or excuse me, God is on one side, and all the people are on the other side, and Christ Jesus himself, man, God in the flesh, is between them, and why did Jesus die? To bring all of mankind, who's on one side, God on the other, to bring them together by giving this life for all mankind. God died for everyone, Jesus gave his life for everyone, and I really believe this is true, God has predestined all people to be his people, and that makes me smile, but there are questions when we read scriptures, right, so I want to help you see, and and some of the scriptures I had on the shelf, I couldn't pull them off and understand them until I understood what I'm about to tell you, because most of them are talking about this, and it goes like this, God chose a nation to be his, and then he chose the world to be his, little clunky, a statement, but I, I want to help you see this. When I say God chose a nation, it doesn't mean he rejected other nations. God just picked one nation to be his nation. That's, that's all it means. And so in picking one nation, he didn't pick the others. It has nothing to do with salvation. It had everything to do with what nation will I bring the Messiah through. That's all it's about. So he picked one. He picked Israel. We'll read a verse just to show you the scriptures in a moment. He picked Israel. Now, if I were God, I probably would have picked another nation. I'm just being honest with you. Maybe my people, you know, maybe, maybe Rome would could have been Jerusalem. You know, I don't know. Might have picked somebody. You may have picked your people, right? Your nation. And, and I know Israel and Jerusalem are amazing because God chose them. But in the natural realm, they're not all that amazing, right? God could have chosen Egypt. He could have chosen the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire, uh, the Persian Empire, the Celtics. But he rejected, in a sense, understand, all nations from being his people by picking one. But at the same time, those people could be saved during that time. They could come to God. So he wasn't rejecting them to hell. He was just picking one group of people to be his people. And he had to have a people that he brought the Messiah through. So that's what he chose. And at the same time, as you read your Old Testament, all kinds of people from every nation are coming to God during that time. It was amazing. Israel, if they would have lived the way God wanted them to, they would have brought salvation to tons of people from other nations, but they kept disobeying and kept disobeying. But let's give one scripture for this about God picking a nation, right? Because a lot of the verses we're going to read has to do with Him picking a nation, not salvation. So listen to Psalm 135, verse four. For the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own, Israel to be his treasured possession. Jacob, his name was changed to Israel. So this is the same people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, his name was changed to Israel. So notice God, or for the Lord, has chosen Jacob to be his own, Israel to be his treasured possession. Has nothing to do with salvation has everything to do with I'm choosing a nation in which I'm going to bring the Messiah through. That's all it's about. And so when we get into these tough scriptures, most of the time, they're talking about picking a nation, not salvation. And I like that it rhymes, picking a nation, not salvation, right? And, and so we have to see it for what it is so we can understand it. So if you were to read, and many of you have Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11, that's where a lot of the confusing verses are. So I thought, let's tackle that and just read some of it today and walk out just saying, oh, I get it, I get it. Uh, God predestine all people to be his people. So I want you to see the heart of Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11. It begins with verse one, here's the heart. I speak the truth in Christ. This is God using Paul to write this. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Verse 3. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ, or I lost my sal- eight, would lose my salvation for the sake of my people. Those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption of sonship. There's the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Verse 5. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah. The patriarchs are, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, Daniel. I mean, this is big hitters, right? They're our Old Testament. And listen, we can trace the human ancestry of Jesus from them, who is God over all and forever praised. Amen. This is a frustrated Paul because his nation rejected Jesus. God over and over again. Then they rejected the Messiah, so now Most of them aren't accepting Christ, and Paul's so frustrated, and he wants them to come to Christ, and he's bothered by that, so now he's going to write and help us understand some things as we go further, and he's going to talk about this nation. So get a hold of this. This is Romans 9 and verse 10. I encourage you to read the whole three chapters this week. I can't read every single verse in, in this lesson, but listen to this. Not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our father, Isaac. So this would be Jacob and Esau. They were twins. Listen to this. Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad in order that God's purpose and election might stand. So before they were ever born, God chose one over the other, but not for salvation. We're going to see. This. We're going to see. He chose everyone for salvation. You got to see this. But he had to pick a nation. And so listen to this. Verse 12. Not by works, but by him who calls, she was told. The older will serve the younger, just as, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. This verse bothered me for so many years. And what's God saying? Before these guys ever took their first breath, while they were still in the room, or the womb, God, which is a room, right? So God, God, uh, I just thank God for his mercy that I don't get in more trouble with tongue ties, all right? Guys... God picked one over the other, but not for salvation. He chose Jacob because he said, I need a nation. But you know what? He didn't reject Esau. You know how it says he hated him? Do you know what that Greek word means? To love less than. Do you know where the Bible says, Jesus says, if you're gonna be my disciple, some translations say it this way, you have to hate your mother, your father, your brothers, or sister. That Greek word means to love less than. So God doesn't, didn't hate Esau. He just loved him less than he did Jacob because he had to pick a nation. That's all it's about, picking a nation. It has nothing to do with salvation, right? Uh, Because Esau also had a relationship with God. And Esau was blessed by God and, and he became a really great person on the earth. But what happened? God had to pick a nation. See how it's a nation and it's not salvation? It's important for us to see that. So now when I see this, I go, I get it. It's context, right? I understand it. God didn't, before you were born, say, I hate you and I love you. No, this is for picking a nation. So he didn't pick your nation. He didn't pick my nation. Ah, We'll get over it. But, but guys, guys, he's talking about a nation. But this is going to go on and blow your minds. We're going to have a blast with it. can we we look at another one? Here's another one. It goes on to say this, verse 14. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Isn't that the question every one of us are asking? God, are you unjust? Listen to what it says. Not at all. He's not unjust. Listen to this. For he said to Moses, this is really important, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Who is it? that he decided to have mercy on? Because that, that's, that's, our, that's, our, that's our answer right there. God said I'll have mercy on who I will have mercy on. Well, who, he did, who did he decide to have mercy on? Because that, that will answer our question, right? So that's really important. But now he's gonna go back to the nation. Listen to this, verse 16. It, it does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. So your salvation depends on God's mercy, not your effort. Here's the question. Who did he decide to have mercy on? Maybe you're listening you're down and out and your life's been a mess and you think, I'm one of those ones he decided. No, 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 you're one, of the, you're one of the ones that didn't hook up with it, but you can hook up with it in the future. Listen to this, verse 17. For scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Listen to verse 18, we'll talk about this. Therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy and he hardens whom he wants to harden. Doesn't that sound crazy? Listen to this, I'm gonna help you understand it. He has mercy on who he wants to have mercy. We have to ask who doesn't want to have mercy. But what's going on with Pharaoh, right? I mean, that's, that's great. Well, God picked Israel, he didn't pick Egypt, right? and Egypt is enslaved in Israel for over 400 years, and God kept reaching out to Pharaoh with mercy, and if you, if you don't give in to the or accept the mercy of God, you'd become harder and harder and harder, and that's what the Bible's talking about, but every time Moses went to Pharaoh and said, hey, let, our, let my people go, if Pharaoh would have said yes, do you know God would have blessed Egypt and his blessings would have came on Pharaoh, but he kept saying, no, I wanna keep these people slaves, and God gave them 10 chances. You might look at it as God punishing them 10 times, That was 10 chances. God's trying to get this guy to move. And the heart of God here is, hey, I picked Israel. I have to deliver them. But Pharaoh, you, you, you could get in on this. But he kept rejecting it. But it has nothing to do with salvation. Remember, God said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So here's my question, guys. Who does God want to have mercy on? Can I ask you a question, TCI Boardman Warren? Did you bring your excited face? Did you bring it? You should have brought it, man. It's, this is exciting. Uh, it's going to come anyway by na- naturally. So, so who does he want to have mercy on? Because this is by mercy, not by you. And God decides who he's going to have mercy on. So who is he going to have mercy on? Who is it? Well, he, this, this whole three chapters is amazing. Listen to Romans eleven thirty two, For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he might have mercy on them. All, that's what he was doing from way in the beginning. Guys, can I read a couple more versions and we have to get a little more excited than this. Listen, listen to verse 32. For God has given them all up to sin. This is the living Bible. uh, That he could have mercy upon all alike. He, He wants to have mercy on everybody, right? And then the Amplified, listen to this. For God has imprisoned all the disobedience so that he may show mercy on all Jews and Gentiles alike. Now remember, remember, I'll have mercy on who I want to have mercy. I'll have compassion on who I want to have. Well, who is it, God? I decided I'm going to just call everybody a sinner and have mercy on everybody. I don't know about you, but we should give it up a little bit right now, guys. This is exciting. Woo! (laughs) This is awesome. God predestined all people to be his people. It changed my life when I saw it. I look at everybody different. I don't care who they are. Like my dad, I didn't know it then, but man, they're gonna come into the kingdom. Do you know God made you a promise about your family? He said this to the Philippian jailer, but it's true to everyone. Paul said to him, if, if you believe and you are saved, if you accept Christ, he said, I will save you and your household, and it's just a promise from heaven. I want you to hold on to that promise, keep thanking God for it, because I watch people in my household, some of them take a while, some of them wait till they're ready to die, but they accept Jesus, man, because God's made us a promise, and you wanna begin to look at everybody you rub shoulders with, that person where you work or you go to school, isn't there always that person, right, that just kinda rubs you the wrong way, and I want you to begin to look at them through God's eyes and realize, you know what, God decided to have mercy on them, I'm glad he decided to have mercy on me. I am so glad. And guess what? I still need it all the time. And I'm so glad he decided to have mercy on every one of you. I'm excited about the mercy of God. So then scriptures like this then make so much sense. Listen to Romans 10. This whole three chapters is amazing. Romans 10 verse 9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That means you'll become a Christian. You'll go to heaven. Your sins will be washed away. Listen to verses 10 and 11. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's why I do the altar calls I do every weekend. And remember, my whole life changed when my dad raised both hands. I saw the power of an altar call, so I've been doing it my whole uh, pastorate. And and then listen to this. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. It goes on to say, anyone who believes in him will be saved, or you come to the knowledge of the truth. So the problem that people have is hearing the good news and allowing God to soften their heart. You know how Jesus said you can't come to God unless he draws you? There's another scripture that just people say, well, maybe he's not drawn... The Holy Spirit is here to draw everybody, and when we pray for people, he begins to get on their case. I, I know, I, I remember how I told you how I found out after I accepted Christ that a whole church was praying for my family? We t- I told you about that story, and I'm telling you, I, when I look back, I didn't know what it was, but the Holy Spirit was, he was like a hound dog on, on a trail. He didn't leave me alone. He was, he was convicting me constantly. God was drawing me to him, but he wants to draw everybody. In order for someone to come to Christ, God has to get involved, and that's why we pray, so God can begin to draw people. Now we know the foundational truths. We're not going to mess that scripture up anymore, right? But now you might be sitting here, you might say, Pastor Joe, you ruined my life, because I came in, more of a Calvinist, and I thought it was so special. Now you're telling me he wants everybody to go to heaven, and I thought he picked me out of the crowd, and that bums me out, I, you know? And, and I understand it. I went through that for a moment, and then And then, what you have to remember, guys. I didn't put it in the PowerPoint, but I'm gonna read it to you. God did pick you out to do something really amazing, and he chose you, and you're the only one that can do it. This is found in Jeremiah, but it's found all over the Old Testament, all over the New Testament. But I'm gonna read it to you, Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It's not just written to Jeremiah. God says he, he knew every one of us before he formed us. What does that mean? God makes our human spirit, and then when conception happens, he places it in, 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 that, in that body. And that's what I love about God because he says where sin abounds, grace does there more abound. And some of you that were born in really adverse circumstances, can I, can I tell you something? God most probably created you to do something really impacting. And, and God just likes to show the enemy he, he can't keep anybody down. And so God, before you're born, he knows you because he creates your spirit. But listen to this. It goes on to say, before you were born, I set you apart. And it goes on to say, and I appointed you. Jeremiah was appointed to be a prophet, not a bullfrog. And that's for all the people my age. You have to be old to know that. That's three Dog Night, right? He was a prophet, guy, not a bulldog, or a bullfrog, or whatever. So, before you were born, sometimes the funny thing is my mess up, right? So, so uh, I'm funny by mistake. That's what everybody tells me. I, I can't be a stand-up comic, but I'm just funny because I just randomly make these silly things. So, so listen, listen, listen. Here's why you're special. Before you were even conceived, before you came out of the womb, God looked at you and he put gifts and abilities in you and he appointed you to be something really important and necessary in his kingdom. And I, I wanna get this mentality out of you you might think, oh, you have the big job. No, I don't have the big job, guys. This job doesn't even happen without the dream team. And it's all of us doing what God created us to do. Some of you are going to do it outside the four walls, some of you inside the four walls, but you have a call on your life. And you want to talk about feeling significant and not feeling like, who am I? What am I here for? Get a hold of the fact God made you to do some really impacting things on planet earth. And that's why, guys, we do growth track. And I'm going to just Throw it in right here, and then I'm going to pray. But that's why we do growth track. You know how our mission is: uh, we want to help people know God, find freedom. Discover purpose and make a difference. Growth track is all about the last part. Discover purpose and make a difference. And growth track is starting this weekend. And if you jump into it in 1045, you don't, you don't have to sign up. You just go right here outside our, uh, outside our west lobby. You'll see the room. Boardman, you'll see it right off your big lobby there. And you can start today. It's four weeks long. And we're gonna help you discover your purpose and make a difference. And if you want to, you can become part of our dream team after that. And. Maybe you say, you know what, I have a call outside the church. That's cool, but it's going to make you more impacting. So, guys, before I pray, I think one more time. We are special. Can we all say we're special? And Can we say thank you, God, for calling us and appointing us and making us someone important? Thank you, God. Oh, we thank you, God. We thank you. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, there's so many people right now listening. TCI Boardman warned that They're saying... What, God, I I believe that, but what did you create me to do? And guys, I'm gonna gonna give you a secret right now. Here's all you have to do. In your heart, say, God, I just, I want you to open my eyes up to my purpose. And I promise you from that prayer, God's gonna start a chain reaction. And I wanna encourage you to get into growth track because we'll help God along if you get into growth track. Just say, God, I want to know my very purpose. Why do I exist? And listen, it doesn't matter what age you are. We have so many students here that are doing impactful, significant things. It's absolutely amazing. And and I wish I knew God earlier in my life. He's amazing. And it doesn't matter what age you are, God will catch you up and you'll do what he created you to do. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, thank you that, that you predestine all people to be your people. Father, thank you that our loved ones are predestined to be your people. And we ask you to use us, help us see open doors where we can invite them to church or share something with them, Lord. And Father, we just pray the Holy Spirit would do what he did to most of us, Father. He would hound them day and night, convict them that they need to accept Christ. And we thank you, Father, for all you've done in our lives. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening. And you're not sure if you're forever. I mean, what a message to give an altar call at the end, right? My dad's story, the foundational truth. The Bible says, hey, God sent Jesus. He died. God raised him from the dead. And if you accept him, call on his name. He'll save your soul. And the journey will begin with God. It's amazing. You'll have a relationship with So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, understand I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you if you call yourself a Christian. I'm asking you, can you remember a time in your life where you prayed and you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. I confess that you're Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. Can you remember a day when you did that? You can't forget it if you did it. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, you say, I can't. Would you pray with us right now? TCI Boardman, Warren. The rest of us, can we pray with them? Let them hear us. And let's help them make this step. Just say this after me. Say, Father, I realize I need a Savior. Thank you for providing one for me and every person. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus. I call you Lord. I make you Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. I accept you as my savior. And I make a decision today to follow you.
0: Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook.